Hello and welcome back to the London Tech Insider podcast. In today's episode, I speak to Robert, James and Katie from The Jump, which is a coding bootcamp based in London. The loose structure of this episode was to trace through a student experience of before, during and after the bootcamp. We covered topics like the type of backgrounds their students come from, the advantages of learning with a smaller and more personal bootcamp, and the support their students continue to receive after the bootcamp finishes. A testament to the personal approach of the jump was that they welcomed me into their home for this interview. I was also very glad to do the first in-person interview after the winter spike of COVID. So here is the episode, please enjoy. So, the, yeah, the first thing uh, it would be nice to talk about was, like, uh, what what's going on with candidates before, like, as they start their journey. So, I guess, like, my first question is, what sort of people do you see? Is it quite a, like, diverse range of people or mm. is it quite a narrow demographic or could you describe, like, what sort of backgrounds people have? Yeah, sure. So, like, when we, I think we sort of touched on this when we sort of first had the intro chat with you, but they can basically come from any background. The like the the commonality between them all is not where they've come from; it's more where they're going to. If that makes sense. So, we've had people who worked are doing things like merchandising and makeup for like John Lewis and people like window design for them. We've had people who were zoologists, we've had Zumba instructors, we've had uh, online marketers, we've had people in tech, we've had people who've, never, who've worked in the legal profession and want to sort of swap over. So it's the, the sort of common thread is that they have reached the point where they've worked out that A, they want to get into tech, and B, the way that they're going to do that is by, um, like they've usually trialed some stuff, usually trialed some stuff like free coke and coke and things like that. <clears throat> and they've come to the conclusion that whilst that is great as a, like a way to figure out if they actually like it, they now need some support to actually bring all this together. Mm. Because like James said, when you're doing it self-taught, it starts off almost like you're doing a 10,000 piece jigsaw without a picture. There's yeah. so many different parts of it and you don't really know what's what or where to start or how to actually get everything to work together in concert. So our job is basically to take them from the point where they are either, they are brand new to this, which is like a very, very slim portion of the population, which is like they've never seen a line of code, they've never seen a code editor before, but they are bought into the hype of the tech industry and they're like, that is where I need to be. But the majority have done something like it. And I'm like, okay, I know enough to know that I don't know enough and I need a structured way to actually learn this stuff properly to then be able to go and do this as a career in some way, shape, or yeah. form. Is it kind of like mainly almost uh, them? Like it kind of almost sounds like there's not too much that you can do to uh, win people over. Like it's almost like a decision they come to themselves almost like. I mean, we, we sort of, like, it depends um, like when in, the, in their thought process you get them. So you can get people who have literally just seen an ad on Instagram and this is the very first time that they have thought about this. Yeah. Um, we tend to sort of try and look to those who've already thought about this already and now they're researching the boot camp. So they've already done a lot of the initial thinking. Mm. So we're not trying to 
by that point, we're not trying to push them into it or sell them on the, uh, the actual idea of getting into tech. They've already reached that point themselves. And now they're looking at, okay, so I know I want to do this. How do I actually do it? Yeah. And at that point, that is usually where they come to, like where we encounter them. They've spoken to a number of schools or they're like, you know, well, I actually want to do this. How do I actually make that happen? Yeah. And, and what I was going to add to um, like the demographic piece that Rob was just um, touching on there was that we do tend to have um, a lot of people that are kind of that later stage in their career. Yeah. Our focus is on career change. Um, mm. Purely because James did it, we've both done a career change later on in our in careers. And um, so, like myself, after ten years, Rob, I think, is similar, and and James as well. He used to be um, in the navy a long time oh, ago. Right. So, yeah, we've all we've all done um, a major career change at some point, so we know that it works. Yeah. Um, but also, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that they're our demographic is like around the older <laughs> older age range. Also, don't want to offend anyone, but the main thing is. Um, and that the thing that they have in common is this this idea that they've already you know got a quite an established career in something quite often completely different mm. to tech. Um, so it, it things are quite a major career change, like you were saying, like the makeup artists, like zoologists. These aren't people yeah. that have gone in you know with a bit of an idea, but we do have some people that you know have have trained already and like have a computer science degree. So right. it, it really is a broad spectrum, but. Mm. The majority of our students tend to be those people that have an established career already. Yeah, you do free. get um, you do get like um, sort of other um, bits in there as well. You do get people who want to upskill, you know, upskill basically. So we do get, for example, uh, we've had people who are um, maybe already existing techs. Um, quite an easy one for that. You get people who do HTML, CSS, and they do JavaScript, but they're at the stage where they're just like copy paste kind yeah. of thing, so that they want a, a deep understanding to do it commercially, so we can put them through their paces with JavaScript and help them understand all, all that sort of stuff, really, like, you know, grow them as a developer. And the, the platform as well, the, sorry, the, the course, you know, it, it features, it, it has those technologies, but it basically maps the sort of web model, so what they learn about, for example, servers and REST APIs and things like that, even though we teach in JavaScript, so there's one language and therefore they become very good at it, the same thing applies if they were to go and, you know, for example, uh, you know, consumer API with PHP or something, it's still the same transport and HTTP, um, you know, uh, protocol, so now they can apply the same sort of stuff on, on the other side, you know, irrespective of what language they learn. So it goes wider, you know, we teach more than, you know, we teach concepts. We, yeah. you know, we teach uh, more than just the what. We yeah. teach the why and the how and that, you know, helps. So you get people who want that, that level of upskilling. You also get people who are quite close, probably um, like uh, Tom, for example, you know, people who are already very much in oh, yeah. digital and they want to uh, effectively, like they have some ideas, but they can't bring them into reality. They don't quite have the ability. So after they do a training camp, they can go on. We have had people who've gone on and made products, like several, like Sam as well, mm. for example, gone on and made like products which they now sell commercially and it makes them money. Yeah. So, you know, those are- Yeah, um, the well, entrepreneurs. Yeah, the <laughs> entrepreneurs, basically. So upskillers, entrepreneurs, and career changers. Yeah, that was kind of like something I was thinking as well, like afterwards, the uh, how many people go down like the entrepreneurial track, but I guess we'll, I'll, I'll save that for later. <laughs> um, but um, 
yeah, are you kind of like surprised by some of the backgrounds that people come like uh, that's almost like surprised that they're able to make it through? Um, I think it's like so. One of the most talented coders I ever met was a landscape gardener. Right. So it, it's and I've always had this in life in that I never really understood how we handle talent as a society. To me, if somebody can do the job. Um, you know, then they should be allowed to have a crack at it. And this idea that you have to have a, a career path where you've dedicated your whole life to doing just this one idea, I kind of feel that, like, without any disrespect to someone who's done that, I can see, you know, professionalism. But having different careers gives you a personal breadth. Yeah. Like, you know, for example, when I do a lot of my stuff, you know, my training in the Navy, my working as a headhunter in the city, all sorts of different things. They give me an ability to deal with upcoming problems and situations and, and bring some something kind of richer to it rather than just having a very narrow sort of view of it. Yeah. So it's good to get people who are of all these different backgrounds, you know, into uh, you know, into tech. And I'm sure that these guys are gonna talk about it later, but obviously there's a massive requirement um for tech and yeah. there is uh, you know, a huge amount of people who wish to, you know, change from maybe traditional industries, crafts, all sorts of different uh, things, you know, places where even where tech is taking over. There's a population we need to move towards, like, futurable employment, I guess, to maybe slightly coin a phrase. <laughs> um, and so that's, you know, it's it's important to, to, to give that and to not shut it down because it's, you know, expecting a solid career stream. I mean, yeah. I am the poster child for uh, was a checkered career history. You guys <laughs> used to say yeah. so, but I think it's uh, I think that's the wrong way to approach it. I like the fact we have different people. Um, yeah, you know, I think it's uh, only it makes it a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I always say, um, obviously, it's a joke as well, but the the only people that can't learn to code. Are, no, let's rephrase it. Everyone can learn to code, but not everybody should. And yeah. most people that I'm talking about are our parents. <laughs> <laughs> everyone else can definitely do it. So uh, it doesn't matter about your background. So yeah, we always try and be very open-minded to whoever like, comes does, to us, basically. There's actually there's, there's, there's a part of that, what Katie just said there, which is is interesting because that that is like we've been very specific about our parents yeah rather than like Ooh. people of a certain generation oh, okay. right yeah. because we've got people on the cohort who are on our cohorts who are um um of uh, an older generation than james and i so james and i are another, i'm about to hit 40 and james is in his 40s yeah. but we've got people on the cohort who are even who are more advanced than that in terms yeah. of their age I guess, yeah, kind of like something I wanted to ask about was um, what's unique about sort of the process coming back to, um, I guess, like what it's like for the students uh, during. So uh, what's perhaps like different from other boot camps, would you say, um, about uh, the course itself? Yeah. Well, there's, there's, there's a couple of things I can draw on straight away. So the first is like if you look at... Um, if you look at the syllabuses for most courses, like uh, most boot camps have, like typically, like a lot of them are full time. What they'll do is they'll give you like an hour and a half lecture per day. What we're doing is we're giving you a three hour lecture per day, right? So there is effectively, uh, admittedly, that day that that program is spread over a longer period if you're doing it part time. Mm. But if you do it full time, we're effectively giving you twice as many hours of 
knowledge transfer from us to you than you would typically get at uh, other schools in the first thing. So for, for us, there is an amount of information and that translates into both width and depth of information that you're getting, which is not, for us, that is a, a big thing. Right? What is it, when we look at it, we, we think, when we're talking to students, we're saying to them, before they sign up to any boot camp, we're saying, like, how do we, how do you, how could you think about this in a way that's going to be beneficial to you? The things that we think are going to be important to you is firstly, what is being taught? So firstly, we teach you, I feel, more than you would get taught on most of the boot camps. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I, I think after that, I doubt. Because you've talked, I mean, you've talked about school, right? I mean, we've had to reduce the amount. Yeah, we've had to reduce the amount, and I'm always getting in the ear of other tutors going, yeah. nobody does this. And other but, developers, because um, quite often students, before they they talk to Rob um, as the intro point, mm. sales guy, you know, call him that says that, um, but basically they'll ask, you know, um, oh, sorry, other developers. Yeah, other developers. So they'll, they'll say, you know, like, can I look at the syllabus? And um, they'll say, oh, you know, I've shown it to my friend who's a developer or whatever. And quite often you get the feedback, don't you? They say, oh, yeah, no. They were really impressed or really surprised as well by the amount that you, that you cover, and also, yeah, it looks very thorough. And we're like, yes, that is your. That's When we got Russell in for the first time, and he just said, "I've never seen anything like this anywhere else." And we've already touched on the idea that like, you get people who've only just completed the program who are then teaching you, which is farcical in lots of different ways. But it's also broader than that. It's how how comfortable are the teachers that you've got in actually relating to you as a human being? What is the school like? Are they funded by a private equity firm that's doing like a pile of high stack and deep approach of putting 50, 60 people on a cohort and they are just trying to target the issue that exists with um, student loan debt in America and they're like, you know what, let's just jump on the back of this bandwagon and we can siphon off a load of that cash. Or are they a school that is saying, you know, we, we're prepared to keep this super small. We're not here to, um, you know, we're not trying to please shareholders. We're not owned by anyone. We're actually doing this for your benefit rather than for our benefit. And so the question, then that changes the dynamic that you have with them because you're no longer a small cog in a very big machine that is only interested in satisfying shareholder value and weekly numbers, and weenus numbers, I think it was our friends, whatever it was yeah, called. <laughs> yeah, weenus. Like, it's like trying to trying to take care of people. And Kate said it earlier on, this idea of support. Like, we will go, we will work just as hard as you, we'll go every step of the way with you on this journey, because it is a, like, you, you're going to go through what is an emotional roller coaster of a journey. You're going to put yourself in a situation where the way that you think about the world and the way that you think about yourself is going to be challenged. Yeah. Like people think about this as like, oh, it's just learning something. I, I can do this. And actually, there's a huge amount of information. There's a load of alien concepts. There's a load of stuff that you, you don't know what you don't know. And it's very easy to get a feeling of being overwhelmed. And suddenly being overwhelmed will create this whole emotional response, which can go anywhere. Yeah. Like, you, it is not uncommon. Like... <laughs> Russell was talking to the full-time students um, on Monday and because they, the full-time program started on Monday. So he said to them, look, just to be clear, I won't be surprised if some of you end up in tears. Like, because 
Not, not specifically because of him, <laughs> the way the Russell teaches it, but like because he's saying that this is going to be really, really hard. Mm. But we are here for you every step of the way. We had another student, uh, Susanna, and the way she described it is like, it's a little bit like drowning, but once you get comfortable with drowning, this is fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> as, as long as you know that we are here to support you, then it becomes a, low, a lot more manageable. Yeah, but I mean, people look for a challenge, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. well, I think it is. Yeah, again, if it's going to be life changing, then you know, expect it to, to, to you know, nothing that's, that's worth that much and it is worth a lot is going to come to you that easily. You know, you have to be ready. And I also am on the boot camp as well. The best thing is you can do all your, you know, uh, all your difficult stuff here in a mm. very supportive environment. And then when you work into work, you don't get hit by the freight train of what the hell is this on my first day. Just yeah. like one last thing on um, what goes on like during the course, I thought like something that I'm really interested in is like ways of teaching programming or like what the most, the best way to learn is basically. Um, so I was kind of thinking, what, uh, have you experimented like quite a lot with different teaching methods and is is there are there certain ways of teaching things that they really just click and are there like what perhaps are some of the mistakes you've made in like teaching styles i think um i think first of all like there's a lot of information here so you can impart it very theoretically yeah i don't think that's a good idea um i you know even though the course has a lot in it i still work towards making it less and less theoretical, more practical. Yeah. So the more that they can actually do the doing, um, mm. you know, because we've got a certain amount to show, we often do a lot of it in class, uh, sort of academically, and then for homework, they go home and do it practically. But I try and get them to do some practical stuff in, in front of me. Um, we're looking at, um, because, and I guess maybe this is my own personal driver, I was very much of the idea, like, I want these people to all be able to survive on their own independently. So I train you from day one and you don't get, you don't work in a way with anybody else. You, you work to be able to, to complete the product on your own. And we have a couple of things like hackathons here and there. So we do a bit of collaboration, but... We do the homework as well. Well, that's what I'm about to say. So Sorry. we... Yes. Oh, yeah. So, so we... Uh, you're self-taught as well, so you didn't mm. want to have that experience. You, yeah, yeah. You it's, wanted, it's, you wanted to be a better experience. Yeah, so I think, so I think what I'm, I'm saying is that I'm... Uh, you know, I, I'm changing and, and, and moving. As a school, we have already moved, I guess, uh, towards uh, having a, a more thing where people are pair coding and yeah. things like that. Mm. Um, you know, what I, I I want a balance personally, because when you pair code, I mean personally, I have not necessarily enjoyed my pair coding experiences, but maybe that's just the kind of person I am. I always want somebody to be sure that they can survive on their own, but I recognize now that actually, so certainly in the early stages of the course and in the middle, that pair coding can help them grow. Yeah. So as long as they are capable by the end, it's fine. So it's always that mix of work alone and then collaborative work together. So that's something that I guess we've developed as a, as a school. I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad thing that, you know, in the past, our students have gone out the door able to survive on their own no matter what. Mm. What we're doing now is, is enhancing this more and, and basically trying to get the, the benefit of 
pair coding and, and things like that. Yeah, and a lot of that came from feedback as well. Like we do, we do try and listen to what you know, because at the end of the day, they're students, but they're also our customers, right? So from a business perspective, we do um, value like their input and their feedback. So we have actually been listening to them, um, but we have, they have to kind of strike that balance between what yeah. they think, you know, as a customer, like they, you know, oh, but they don't do that at this school and that school. Well, sometimes we have to sort of push back a little bit and say, well, you know, because a lot of that can be their own personal, you know, perspective on something mm. where they've panicked about not reaching the end as quick as they wanted to or not feeling as supported because, you know, maybe they've, um, they've gone off the radar for a little bit and they just were suddenly like, oh, no, I'm really behind. And so the easiest way to do that is when the feedback you know, if you're not hurting, but if you're kind of struggling a little bit, is to is to blame someone, right? So they'll say, "Well, you know, you didn't you didn't support me here, and and you didn't do that, and why didn't you do it like this? Because they do that at this school." So sometimes we do have to kind of, you know, say back to them, "Do you know what? Actually, we've done a lot of research ourselves, haven't we? Because we know um, what goes on our coding boot camps too, because there are competitors at the end of the day." And we, we are able to push back and say to people, you know, that's that's not actually the case and break mm. it down in an objective way for them. Um, sorry, did you want to say something? No, I was just going to sort of, so, so when I was saying before people go on an emotional roller coaster with this stuff, yes. yeah. this is sort yeah. of what I'm talking about. Because if, if something isn't working, you look to why it's not working, well, maybe it's, this isn't working, maybe it's the way they're doing it. And then you're doing it right. Is this the way that it's like, so this is why I'm saying that we provide that support. What we're trying to say is, look, you've got to take a breath because every single every single person struggles. Yeah. But every single person thinks they're the only one that struggles. Yeah. So it's yeah. a case of trying to get them to understand that we're not going anywhere. We are right here. We're going to be with you every step of the way on this. We're not leaving you. When the course finishes, you don't die and we don't disappear. <laughs> We have to put parameters around the time frame over which we deliver the actual official training. But if you need support after the boot camp, if you need help with stuff, if there's stuff that we need to do, whether it's from a career change perspective or your portfolio, or you just don't understand the concept or something, like you get that from us after the boot camp. Yeah. And we will continue to work with you because we yeah. are it's not like they finish the course and then it's like, no, we never see you again kind of thing. Yeah. Thanks very much, transaction. <laughs> it's like it goes beyond that. And we've actually got a lot of students that we still meet up with and chat to, and it's like it's yeah. our business. It's because like because this was never this was never a transaction for us. This was never you give us money, we give you thirty weeks. This was always it comes back to that what I was saying before. Why is it important to you with a school that is not owned by a private equity company or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Because we are not yeah. driven to satisfy shareholder value. This is not. That is not our purpose. Our purpose is to get people really good at tech because one, we've experienced firsthand what it's like when you get good at tech and how much that can change your life. And two, going back to what I was saying at the beginning of this situation, like we grew up in, like James and I grew up in the north, like we've experienced what it's like in a situation where you're not in a positive economic environment. And if you're talking about the kind of stuff that they're mentioning when they say, the countries that are in the G7 now are not going to be in the G7 in, in 10, 20 years' time, and not having the relevant skills to be employable, then you're going back to 
the equivalent of what happened to the miners. If you don't give people the skills to be economically valuable and viable, then that has a massive impact on them. It yeah. has a massive impact on the society that they're in. And so for those two reasons, like the personal the personal joy that you get out of being good at something and like the, the rewards that you get, but also spread over a whole population, that to us is massively important. We can find ways of equipping people with the skills that are going to make sure that they don't get left behind as society moves on. Yeah. Because that is that is just a, a recipe for disaster. So, yeah, I think that's quite a healthy uh, healthy section on the during. So I guess, like, just... And you kind of touched on this quite a lot. It's just, like, the final stage, like, after uh, the process. So I was kind of curious. You talked about, like... The entrepreneurial stuff that people have done um and then uh you mentioned this name kathy so kath oh, yeah kath, kath. so what uh what has she gone on to do so kath started yesterday at lego right so right. she's been hired as um i, I want to say she's a, a an associate javascript engineer but if i've got the title of that wrong then i apologize to kath and to lego and to all parties involved but like she is, um, she's great because she was working previously at um, a major news publication, and she so was associate application engineer. That's it, yeah. Um, and she was, um, she was very much around the sort of uh, infographic side of things and the design side of things, and her background was design. Mm-hmm. And what she was finding was that she was constantly encountering the, the development teams and working with them, but ultimately she wasn't um, she wasn't actually being involved in some things because she didn't have a specific skill set. Uh, and originally what she sort of wanted to do, at the, at the time when she started this, I don't think she was thinking about career change, she was actually being along the lines of, I would like to upskill so that I can get, ultimately I think she wants to get involved with the uh, Olympics coverage. Right. And part of doing that was acquiring the skills to be able to create uh, a lot of the sort of visuals for the coverage of the Olympics, um, which was originally what she wanted to do. And then, and then she did that, and then she was delighted. She um, also discovered that she's like you know, she's creative in her job anyway, um, but not um, like she hadn't she hadn't taken it to a technical level and. Her creativity, like in, in her portfolio, I, I love her software stuff. I always mm. like read it out as like a good example because it's just there's some really fun stuff in there. She just really just grasped um, not only like the concepts that James was teaching her, but the yeah the creative side. She just completely ran with that, and that's what I think people forget as well about tech is there is like a level of creativity in the yeah. company. It can be quite fun. Like it's not just kind of, like the problem solving. Yeah. yeah. And still kind of have that kind of side yeah. to it if you want to. Yeah. Yeah, so Kat's, Kat's gone on to do that. Uh, uh, a pretty cool job that she's very happy with at Lego. In fact, she sent me a photo today of uh, like a six foot Darth Vader made out of Lego <laughs> in her office. Yeah, yeah, just to help her um, understand yeah. the, the, the product. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the same works, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and, and could you like, so is it really quite diverse, like what people end up doing? Or yeah, I like mean, what's could you give like two of the extremes maybe? And... So um, 
I'm trying to think of the top so of my head. You've got the entrepreneurial side that we were talking about earlier, and then you've got people like Kathy who go on to do like developer things, and then you mean as in work as developers, and then yeah. the upskillers. Do you mean like what jobs they actually go into? Yeah. Well, they don't. I mean, they're they're pretty much all focused on the web paradigm because mm. obviously that's the the area that we've been focusing on. Like, I don't. So um, I guess it's like uh, a lot of it is application development because that's the major thing, right? It's the commercially what it's going to be. You yeah. could head towards um, certain areas when you're going to get like uh, things like, for example, streaming services and stuff like that. If that's uh, you know, an area where your particular company is, is going to have its thing. Um, obviously, you've got things like um, uh, ed tech where Faith went. Yeah. So yeah. ed tech is a thing. What about Hannah um, as well? With the, uh, you know, that was... So she, she was originally at um, PlayStation and then she joined us and then she's gone up somewhere else. And then also... I don't think she was doing... No, she was a technical writer and then she um, upskilled. Mm. But then you've got people like Ed, no, not Ed, Kieran, who was a dental technician. Oh, yeah. And now he works at oh, Supermassive Games. No, 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 this is, this is, this is quite funny. So Kieran is <laughs> a very talented um, guy. He's a great developer. He really worked hard, really good lad. And I had taught someone in the past and uh, at GA and they made contact with me and I said do you have any students we can look at you know because we need to hire for a role so I sent Kieran in they got along like a house on fire you know accepted the position and then basically two companies merged so Kieran basically effectively went straight into EA Games <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah. that was like a breakthrough one minute he's like oh I'll just maintain these websites yeah. that's all that happens and the next thing obviously they basically are working in EA Hi. Games so um, yeah. just remind me of Aaron, one of our first ever, mm. well, yeah, I think he was in cohort one, wasn't he? He was cohort one in job school, yeah. He's, um, so he was a chemical, was he a chemical engineer? That was his educational training, yeah. yeah. Mm. And then he had moved in to do a sort of bit of WordPress stuff. Yeah, yeah. Came to us, I think I had like two JavaScript lessons, and this job came up with uh, his it was a bit more than two, but I get you. Yeah, it was early doors. Yeah, it was very early, wasn't it? And I remember um, him sort of going to you and telling you about yeah. it. Saying how interesting it was, not it? And you basically just gave him a whole 101. Yeah, I've done I've done this with a few people. It's all the sods law, you know, they're, they're doing really well. They get through the course and then they get this sort of dream shop job thing and they're like, yeah, what are you I've got to, like, yeah, I've, I've got to do this interview like tomorrow. What can you do? And so obviously basically like with him, I just sat down and I'm like, okay, right. I'm about to, to you know, hyperspace you through this entire <laughs> model. Ready? Stand by. Watch. Go. And just basically like yeah. I, I ran him through it. And so... But he yeah. had the aptitude as well, like, and he was really curious and yeah. very enthusiastic. Really and is. He was. He, he got the job, didn't he? he? He didn't get the job. The other thing which was funny was um, our attitude towards careers. So we, uh, you know, I'll obviously because we worked in in sort of like you know, that sort of like job department, and obviously I have had my particular way of thinking about my career, which is that I don't believe careers really exist anymore. <laughs> So I'm very much of the case of there's me and then there's a bunch of corporations or companies who want to work with me and I'll just do this arrangement for now. And if I want to get to a certain place, I will zigzag through and I will be quite brutal about what I do because I know from personal experience that if I don't suit them, 
they will just get rid of me. And in fact, it's not just me. You know, I've been in companies which have started a third of their workforce because they've just sold to another company. So, you know, you are everybody's best developer. You're all really cool. We're all really good friends. We sold. Bye. You know, yeah. so there's that. Uh, so, as you know, as a child of capitalism in this country, I'm fine with that. I'm all right with that. But it is going to go the same way. So with him, when when he was when he got this job and he started like you know working there, and he was saying, "Oh, I'm not getting what I want." We were saying, "Oh, go back in and ask. Go and push. Go say, hey, look, yeah. I I did this. You said this is what I want was going to happen. It was part of our agreement, and it's not turned up. So what's the time scale? When's it going to happen?" And then when they were fobbing him off a bit, I was like, "Right." So the next week, go in, uh, wear a suit, and go out at lunchtime. Just take a long lunch. You don't have to go anywhere interview anything, but scare them. Basically, <laughs> yeah. go take a long lunch and come back. And, uh, you know, it, it's that. And basically, he pushed and pushed. And so he got better conditions. He got what he, he wanted. And, like, now he's, he's driving his own career very well. Last time I looked, I think he was doing React Native development somewhere. So, like, mobile app stuff. You know, off the back, hopefully, of, like, you know, what we taught him with React and his own the journey so you know there's 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 quite a, a market to to go at you can go so you know app development mobile app development there ed tech um there's things like um email servicing and delivery you've also got common things like fintech uh you know this this thing is just growing and growing and growing i mean this is why i love you know tech represented like the safest job in the world for me because it was always going to evolve and people will always use it to sell their stuff. So mm. even in the worst economic conditions, it's always going to boom. And so, yeah. And, and as another positive point, you can pick which direction you go in your career. Yeah. So if something is a particular thing like EdTech, you might not be interested yeah. in FinTech or anything. You can go a particular way and have your own yeah. sub-career. Like I was saying earlier, like if you do want to explore more of the creative side, <laughs> you can do that, or you can go into like the depths of programming and be yep. a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in, in, the, in the dark of the back end. The, just while we're talking about like careers and like what happens afterwards, something I wanted to throw in is this idea that there is not a linear path. Yeah, yeah. Like there is, it's not like you go to school, you go to university, you then go on. It's like everybody's journey is different. And just because you have, um, you've, just because you are, uh, have done well on the programme doesn't mean that your interview journey is going to be smooth. Just because you have not, like you've struggled with the programme doesn't mean your interview journey is going to be difficult. Like everybody has a different experience of it because as James said before, the recruitment process is effectively broken. It's just not very effective at what it does. And so, you have, like, I can think of two examples where there was one person who I think was really confident and very capable with their skills, and there was another person who was less confident, not necessarily less capable, probably it would have taken them longer to do something rather than being able to do it quickly, but they were still good. The, the person that I would say was less confident and would have taken a longer time took a much shorter time to find the first job than the, than the person who was really confident and really capable. And so it's not, just because you're going through the journey and the journey is hard, don't take that as a reflection of somehow you're not doing it right or there is something wrong with you. Yeah. You have to understand that there's a lot of parameters at play here, luck being a massive yeah. one, and just understand that this is a process. And if you put your penny in the slot and it comes out of the machine, put your penny back in the slot. 
Just keep repeating the process. As long as the process works, and we know that our process works, just keep running that process. It will get there. Yeah. But you, sometimes people have different journeys, and what you don't want to do is look at somebody else and go, well, they've got there really quickly and I haven't, so somehow there must be something wrong with what I'm doing. Thank you.